podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and this week I'm joined by James Muff and Joe as we cover all things Celtic. Joe, first time uh, on the show for a while, so I'll come to you first. What are you saying about all things Celtic? Um, good evening guys. Um, glad to be back on the show. I'm a lot more positive than I was last time on the show. As I was saying to you earlier on, I think the last time I was on was post Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. I've yeah. pretty much done the full... What one? First one or second one? Oh, first one. Geez. Second one. Second, second one. one. Second one when I think we'd lost two games in a row or it was just horrible. Um, but yeah, feeling a lot better now, a lot more positive, but things definitely on the up. And, you know, January transfer window still open, so there's still a lot of things can happen the next week and a bit. I know the answer, but did you brave it for the Bucky Thistle game? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not interested. Not interested. Not interested. Um, what did you think of the performance? It's hard to. It's hard to look overly into games like that because, you know, you're expecting to win and, you know, you're going to be, dis- I think you're going to be disappointed regardless like, if you win, lose or draw because obviously if we win, it's fine. But at the end of the day, I mean, everyone will have something to pick holes. And, um, but it was, you know, we won. That's the main thing. It is. Do you know, I'm getting a funny look off my so I'm going to come in. I'm not- What's going on here? What's up with you? Why, why would you not go to the game? Because it was windy. I didn't go to the game. <laughs> I didn't go to the game. Got a young team because I'd be... be, be and is it the oak? I don't, whatever. Don't know where Joe goes. Where do you go, Joe? Where do you go? To the Off nowhere. Turns out, Springfield. Springfield rough. Oh, Springfield, <laughs> rough. Springfield, rough. <laughs> no, no. Get yourself out there, young man. Represent the young team. Yeah, right. Joe. I know. Were you there with the young fellas yesterday? Yes, I was. How did you enjoy the atmosphere? Yeah, I, that was decent. Aye, but um, I didn't enjoy leaving at the end because it was absolutely wild. Well, like, I mean wild. Um, and you could see. I was in the upper, no more the lower, but I was in the upper yesterday just by the time I bought the tickets and stuff like that. And um, the wind was proper, I mean, proper, well, like filthy conditions, but um, ah, it was good. I enjoyed it, enjoyed it. You know, I, I thought, Bucky, you always venture into being patronising and condescending when, when you're talking about teams, but for a, a lower league team, part-timers to come and play the way they did I thought they were fantastic Do you know what I loved on Twitter today and I wish I'd taken a note of the person's name to give them credit for this but you'll have seen the quote that Brendan Rodgers went into the dressing room after the game so someone I think it was Celts are here put the quote out from Graham who's the manager of Stuart, Bucky? Is it? Graham Stewart, Stewart. Uh, so Graham Stewart was quoted as saying something like Brendan Rodgers and Celtic were first class he came in after the game told us what a great job we'd done and to, you know to keep the heads up and, and keep working away and that you know we'll not be far away if we keep playing like that blah 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 Someone's doctor didn't change that to a quote from Philip Clement saying uh-huh. after the game he came in and told us so keep doing what you're doing you're, you're a plucky young team and all that stuff yeah. I've seen, I seen so many retweets it was like oh he definitely went in there to show off his belt James your own take on the Bucky game obviously we've done a, a post-match myself and Asim so we're getting more detail there but just your, your headlines from that one Yeah it was just important you know from the, the pre-match we did um, Roger's talk was all about getting back into sync and back into formation um, for the, the league campaign ahead and that was it that was the team he put out really strong starting team they went about their business very professionally they respected the opponent um, but they played a lot of lovely football and you, you saw them just clicking back into place where they'd left off my fear is when you have a break like that it can take a bit of time to, to get back up to speed but it took them no time at all probably the perfect game if, you, if you're honest about it you're at home you've got a, a lower league opposition you've got a strong team starting and you've got youth Played in the second half as well. So it was pretty much a perfect result for Celtic, Colin. Yeah, it was a good game to come back to. And you could argue that Saturday coming against Ross County in the league, Miff, is 
as a further decent game as Celtic looked to get back up to speed. But the main thing was keeping the, the momentum going. So we spoke quite a lot about the fact that Celtic, up until the Rangers game, hadn't strung three wins together at any point all season. We're now five for five, my five wins in the bounce. And generally speaking, we're in a pretty good place. Yeah, and it's the type of run you, you kind of need to go on if you want to. I know it was a cup game, but if you want to put the league to bed, you need to go on that sort of 10 game winning run and really, really crank up the pressure. Um, but, but yeah... Sometimes these games can be turgid. I think reference previous cup ties in last week's episode that have been against lower league opposition and not been very big scores. Whereas yesterday, even though it was five, it could have been fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, such was the the dominance and the regular creation of chances for, for the team. So no, I thought I thought it was good atmosphere and Bucky fans created a great atmosphere as well. And um, I thought bo- both teams came away with some credit. Yeah, I think everyone played their part, Joe, in the day just in making it the cup tie it was. Last point in the Bucky Thistle game was the the fellas at Josh Peters, the number nine. He went through on goal at 2-0 to Celtic and, and Joe Hart's made that big save and credit to Joe Hart because he spent his day doing nothing, you know, short sleeves on and all and can't have been a, a great day for him, just generally speaking, but he, he stood up when he had to. But that boy will be replaying that chance oh. potentially for the rest of his life. Yeah, um, I think his pals will be replaying that to him for the rest of his life. But you know, I mean, that what a chance that would, what a moment that would have been. Took it so him. well. Yeah, he got his feet properly. You know, he done all the hard stuff to use the cliche, oh, and he just you know he's up against that. You know, former England number one goalie. So it's the yeah. run as well. I mean, I've not watched the back a lot since, but I mean, he runs for the halfway line. At mm. times, he's run perfectly. I mean, with the world VAR as well, yeah. it wasn't as if they blew too early and it was unlucky. Like, I mean, it was. All you had to do was beat Joe Hart, but I've got, I've got more questions for Scales than for Peters. Joe Hart continues to defy away. the doubters, James. No new goalie required here. Um, okay, we'll get into various other things as we move forward, but before we do, just a quick bit of housekeeping. So if you listen to the Celtic Exchange and podcast format on Apple or Spotify, then be sure to follow the show there to ensure you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And while you're there, please leave a short five-star review. Or if you watch the show on YouTube, then simply like this episode and subscribe to the channel if you aren't doing so already. These small things will take you just a few minutes but make a big difference to what we do. Finally, if you love what we do but can't be bothered with the adverts, then you can pay a small monthly fee which allows you to enjoy everything we put out completely ad-free. Links on how to do so, either in podcast format or on YouTube, can be found in the show notes for this episode. Miff, the main topic for today is about your main man, Brendan Rogers. I'm sure you'll be delighted. Generally speaking, we're going to take a look at how the, the return's going. So... He's been here now seven months or seven months or so. Uh, it was confirmed on the 19th of June last year that he was coming back. A very mixed response, I think it's fair to say, from Celtic fans across the globe. And I think, I know I can speak for myself and James, quite pleased at the return. I'll get your own take on it, Joe. But Miff, you're quite outspoken. So generally speaking, before we get into this, what do you think of Brendan Rodgers' return so far? <coughs> Excuse me. What do I think of Brendan's return? Um, I think he's been a mixed bag. And I still don't think he's been backed, so I still think it's quite harsh to judge him. Some of the transfer dealings are still a bit bewildering to me, and, and we're still living through that just now, I think it's fair to say. So whilst the, the product on the park, for want of a better word, has improved, um, you mentioned that five-game winning sequence, that's always welcome. Can can we truly turn around and say it's it's his squad? I don't think we can, really, yet. Um, which in itself is quite baffling. Activity in January's been been minimal, and and even the rumor mill's been focused on two, maybe three players maximum. It's not like there's been various different links. Still a lot of people in the door as well, which I think is quite strange. I thought we'd have been working really hard to get people out. So, I think that's intrinsically linked with with Rogers. Whilst you could just go and judge him and say 
there's been some good, there's been some bad on the pitch. Until you feel like it's his squad, you still feel he's kind of working. You know, he's just trying to make the best of what he's got rather than maximising a squad of his players. So reading between the lines, you're delighted that he's back? Is that where you're at? No, not necessarily, no. Um, wouldn't it be my choice? But he is back and, and, and I'll back him while he's there. But, you know, at, at times the football this season has been really, really turgid and I don't think they can sit here and say otherwise. Joe, where are you at yourself? I can't quite recall your response at the time. So how do you feel, or how did you feel about when he came in and how do you feel now? <laughs> well, I done the full circle as and I was annoyed when he left and all the usual, you know, left in February you know the league hadn't been won yet you're going to Leicester all that <laughs> at that moment in time I didn't really see anybody else who would come in it was a better alternative um, I mean we didn't think that with Ange but Ange it seems to be was a bit of an anomaly like you're not going to get an Ange Postacoglu like come out of nowhere and, and all of a sudden in three four years later after joining his Premier League English Premier League quality I, I'm with Miff in the sense that I don't think he's been backed still I don't think it seems as if he's been given the assurances that he had when he took the job at first. Um, I think his party line was always, you know, it's different now compared to what it was. I'm going to have more of a say in the players, yet they still seem to be very Celtic-like <laughs> signings in the past. I mean, the project word's been thrown about quite a lot and everywhere, but I think only time will tell. I mean, I'm also surprised that there's a lot, there's as many guys in the door. Um, there's... I thought it'd be a lot more exits this summer, eh, this winter, sorry. So, I, I think there's an there's an element of trying to balance the squad up. You know, I, I, I think there will be a case of when you see more guys go out before they come in. January's a tricky window now, though, and I think you're looking beyond the greater landscape of football. That how many deals are really done in January these days that aren't a loan with option to buy and financial fair play is now a big thing. So, it might not be as simple as that, but you know, it's I, I think he's it's definitely the right. I'm glad he's here now and I think he's definitely the right man yeah. James do you think it's hard to judge Rogers just based on, on what Miff and Joe are saying about the fact that it isn't really his squad at this moment in time is it he, he came into a bloated squad he then inherited what 8-9 guys in the summer with a lot of question marks around some of them uh, and we've now obviously just brought in Nicholas Kuhn and would like to think there might be one or two others between now and, and next week but what's your general take you know squad aside in terms of what he's had to do, you know, the fixtures he's had to face, the, the challenges he's faced, how do you think he's performed overall? Probably sitting like a seven, seven and a half out of ten, something like that. You know, you'll know himself, there's there's slips there that we, he could, he and the squad could have done better, you know, both in Europe and league slip-ups as well, you know, the Kilmarnock Hearts debacles. Um, but he is working with a, a squad that isn't as he would like it to be, both in terms of there's guys in there that if Rodgers had the magic wand and the purse strings, they wouldn't be playing for Celtic, as simple as that. You know, I'm looking at the, the transfer windows now, this being the second of, of two so far. I think the power was all with the recruitment team in the summer, and I think that swung across to Rodgers now, because he said, right, on you go, there's your rope, see what you do with it, and they made an absolute mess of it. You know, at best, you've got a five out of ten transfer window in the summer there. Some guys might come good, but it's all well and good saying, you know, there's Bernardo coming good now, and you know other players and this and the next thing. You're out of Europe by that stage, so not good enough for Celtic. Yeah. So now Rogers has said, okay, I gave you your shot. You took it. You missed. It's my shot now. So he's in control and he's saying, I'm not having guys coming in for the sake of it. It's got to be quality. And this is where it really hits the, the brick wall of Celtic because we can get quality. We can afford it. We just won't pay for it. So if we went out and spent money on a left back and a striker today, we can both afford it and Rogers would be able to judge the level of quality that would be coming in. 
So we can achieve everything we want to achieve, we just don't want to. That's 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 Celtic's way at the moment. So um Rogers himself, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy with what he's doing. And if you let him go, if you let him work, then you'll do the job. Look at the two Rangers games. Let him cook, Joe. That's what the young um, folks say, isn't it? Absolutely. Let him cook. Absolutely. Um, team. James, the uh just to pick up on a couple of things you've said there. So Brendan Rogers was quoted last week as saying we could easily have brought bodies in for body's sake at the start of the, the window there in January. Um, but he's not willing to do that. He wants to wait for quality. Do you feel he's he's hiding behind an excuse? You know, I think I, I accept that to a point, but I think Celtic could and should still have made headway or some sort of headway. And listen, they might they might blow us away in the next week. I'm not holding my breath on it. So <laughs> do you think it is some excuse culture creeping in? No, I think what he's trying to do is raise the bar, both in terms of what the recruitment team are doing and what the financial guys are approving. Because they'll be bringing them players, no doubt, and saying, oh, I've got this guy, we could probably get a deal across for that. And Rodgers is saying, that's not good enough. That's not the level we're at. Mm -hmm. You know, the level we need for that. You know, I've, I've got better already in the building for that position. You know, we don't need to spend any more money to get exactly where we are. So, no, I just think, unfortunately, it's a it's a theme with Rodgers that he has to kind of try and wrest power. And it's I don't mean that in a negative sense, but he's, he's in a situation where power's in the wrong place at the moment. Well, was, and I think it's now swung back towards him. I just think it makes sense that at Celtic Park or at Lennox Town, the, the most knowledgeable football guy in the whole operation is Brendan Rodgers. Why would you not yeah. entrust him with, with any big moves that you're making? Trust an interesting word, Tino, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> it really trust is. You know, if, if Brendan says it, it must be true. You know, because he is so trustworthy. Got you. Uh, just on that then, if you want to be snidey, there's a, there was a YouTube comment. Well, that, that, we, that will continue. We've we done, a, <laughs> done a YouTube live at some point uh, before the Rangers game on the 30th of December. And some fella, and I won't mention his name, it's not about that, ah, but, but he actually wanted dear. us to lose. He, he was saying that he wanted us to lose the game because it meant that Brendan Rodgers would potentially be quicker out the door. I can never buy into that. that surely that's madness. And I'd like to think there's not many folks with that type of opinion doing the rounds. <laughs> Ultimately, what, what I'm wanting to see is is Rogers, you know, get control so he can, then be judged, but hopefully then to prove me wrong and show that he is in it for the long haul and to take us where we want to be. But that that as of yet hasn't happened. Now there's been there's been some successes, yes, but I still I still don't think for there was an excuse even with a new manager coming in for how underprepared we were for the season. I, I still don't think Rogers replacing Ange is an excuse for that. You'll find excuses for not doing something if you don't want to do it. But the problem started in Angie's last two transfer windows I, that they weren't yeah, Ange absolutely. led. Yes, you know, they absolutely. were Mark Lowell led. Yes. That that was building the problems that Rogers was then walking yeah, ahead, didn't it? That's fair enough. I also think as well though that I mean, I'm looking at Rogers' last spell and the way that Celtic are now operating is that they are they are building a squad for Europe. Now I've always I've probably said that the last three months and folk that have been in my inner circles Talking about football, I'll probably how, sick to how death. Getting there, Joe. It's quite a, quite a place <laughs> to be. Anyone, anyone. That'll, I think a lot about this now is about the homegrown stuff, about having homegrown players for Europe. Because I mean, you think about now the Scottish players that we've got now compared to what we had when Rodgers was here at first. With Armstrong, with Brown, McGregor, with yeah, a fairly Griffiths, Tierney. I mean, five of those guys will start on our team now. We now are at the position where if we could easily sign a a row they're talking about for. A left back, like what are you saying, three million, four million. He's only going to be in any way useful if we get rid of a foreign guy that was in our squad for last year. That's why Welsh and Ralston have stayed on. It's but, a totally different. But what are we saying? Are Celtic saying that if the the talented Scottish guy isn't available, we'll just sign nobody? I'm not saying that. I think that there is now a greater 
reliance on Celtic to develop what we already have. So I think the guys like Welsh, there's Celtic now have a vested interest to try and get the best out of Stephen Welsh. And they've got a vested interest, probably a lot of the reasons why Mikey Johnson's probably still there. It's a touchy subject in this show, I know. But mm. um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot more stress in Celtic to actually get the most out of him because realistically, a Marco is never going to get a chance because we can only have so many foreign players in that squad. Uh, he would if he was better than Johnson and he's not. I agree, but also now you're like... He actually won't get a chance so if, if Marco Tillio was Scottish He'd probably play in front of Mikey Johnson Is that what you're saying? Yeah that's pretty yeah. Oh, It would at least it, it would be a free pass Because we don't need He's a homegrown player It's, it's a tricky one The homegrown rule's a funny one And I think they're going to change it further I believe But it, it doesn't help it doesn't, like Celtic The, the change isn't helping us as well I think, I think it's going to really Affect our transfer policy though Because I mean We're now in a position where If we get rid of Turnbull We've now Basically lost a spot In our squad But can it be You, you can only Build a squad on quality. You can't. You've got to be led by quality. If there's two players there and one's better than the other and one's Scottish and one isn't, you go for the one that's better. Simple as that. No matter I, where they're from. I do agree, but I think the pool's now so small. You need to meet your quota somewhere. It, it, it means that you're, you're jumping through hoops. It's not. It's not a great scenario for Celtic. But it, any, any small country, it totally cripples you. Yeah. Yeah. Maths getting annoyed because we're not spending enough chat on Brendan Rodgers. I know you <laughs> want to get back to that, so we'll do so. Um, I mentioned the fact that, you know, the YouTube commenter there and a few others are still not best pleased. And I can understand that, you know, the way he left and, and everything else. But I, I think your approach is, is the right approach, Muff. You'll be glad to hear it. You know, you don't have to love Brendan Rodgers as a personality, but you can accept the fact that he's currently Celtic manager and he's doing a, a decent job at it. Well, I mean, I, I believe I'm, I'm the only one of the four of us currently married. So you can love somebody C and not like them. You get new plans. The, the, the current uh, Mrs. Muff will be delighted. Can, I will. You can, you can love somebody and not like them. You know, you go, you go through stages of that. You go through stages of that. I'm talking about my missus for me rather than another yeah, bit. Tying yourself is, in knots. These things, these things happen. So if Rogers <clears> is in and he does the job, brilliant, I'll be happier than MD and I can assure you that. But as of yet, he's, he's behind where we were last season because he's out of Europe, he's out of the League Cup. You know, what is, what is a measurement of success for Rogers? Building a... You know, are improving on the team this year or our progress this year, however that's measured. Showing getting his own players in for his squad to build for hopefully a European run next season. Would that would that be the case? So just win the league. Does it really matter about the cups? Just win the league. Is that what we're saying? That, I mean, that was my priority coming into right, this season. So, so right, so that that's how he'll be judged. What if he doesn't win the league? It's a big I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that back because you you are all happy. What if he doesn't? You lose your job. You should lose you your lose job. job. I agree. If Celtic don't beat this Rangers side to the league, you should lose your job. Yeah, somebody should. It shouldn't be Rodgers. It should be the recruitment team. I think I think Celtic, without any recruitment, should still be capable of beating what's a limited Rangers side. Do you, yeah, like, do you like what I did there? I twisted it around. I've got his yeah. off fire. So if, if, Rodgers, if Rodgers keeps his job post May, do we sell our season tickets next year if we don't win the league? That's that's ultimately the decision that's going to be. And, that's a, and, yeah. and also that, that has affected... Board policy before Now I'm not saying That question to be negative Because I'm still very, I'm 100% behind The team and, and Rodgers And achieving the goal Of winning the league But The the, the point is That Now you might find this Strange that I'm going to say that But Based on what we're seeing Just now I, I'm actually with James Could you go and then Sack Rodgers For not delivering on A squad Or with a squad That's actually Rodgers needs help He needs, a, he needs a backing To do it so I just think we've created a wee bit of a guddle for ourselves when I don't think we had to. I thought I thought the strategy was clear by bringing Rodgers back, that you were then going to back him with his players. Now, I think it's admirable that he's come out and said, we're not just going to bring bodies in because we've got plenty of them 
and that's fine. I'll take him on his word at that because I think that does genuinely make sense. Why would you go and just bring in more when you, I mean, you've still got McCarthy bringing in the bibs and the cones at the end of each training session? That you know, and he's getting paid about thirty grand a week to do so. So there obviously has to be a balance contained within all that. But to me, what all this goes back to, and Rogers is critical to this part, is the deficiencies in the squad have been debated on here for months. We all know them. There are people being paid very good money within Celtic to solve that, of which Rodgers is, is one of them, as well as the recruitment team. And they still haven't done it. And we're now in the last week of the second window and we still don't have them sorted. Now, that that's just one issue at the club when overall the support are like, yeah, bro, you know, you go to the games, you see Celtic winning, it's great. But there, are, there is a bigger picture here that we're trying to build to. And in order for Rodgers to be judged fairly, because well, if the results don't go his way, if there's an injury to Greg Taylor or Joe Hart in the next six weeks and then we go back to those dodgy results that we had in the autumn, we're all going to turn them. Yeah, you're quite right. I mean, there's lots of ifs and buts here, don't get me wrong, but you are right. And at the bottom the bottom line is, James, there's there's a real opportunity, or there, or there certainly has been a real opportunity here for Celtic as a club and as a recruitment team to get this right, this window. You know, they failed in summer. Let's be blunt about it. There's a couple of successes, Palmer, Bernardo... Maybe Yang, who knows? Yeah, on you go. Just we've got the Asia Cup in the which knew, um, which we knew, we knew was coming. Mm-hmm. We've still not got another three. Mm-hmm. If Kyogo gets injured in training tomorrow, we, we're we, in trouble. You went, you, went down, the, you went down yesterday, and you thought the solution seems to be it stopped Vato. Even is, uh-huh. is that is that I think that's bigger. Is that where is that where we're at? You know, I, I'm I'm just saying like, this is I've probably hijacked this. It's maybe becoming less about Rogers and more about stuff that we've already discussed in loads of detail. But the fact remains, are there Celtic fans out there that are just happy with where we are and the fact that we no, that there's no, been no forward to... planning around yeah. around the Asian Cup? I, I I just I just think it's mad. We're leaving ourselves wide open, and I think it, it's it's really harsh on Rogers because he's just not been given the cover that he needs. Yeah, I tell you what we'll do. You're getting a wee bit excited, and I know Brendan Rogers does that to you. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll return just shortly. Welcome back, folks. We've been discussing Brendan Rodgers' first seven months back in the Celtic hot seat, Matthew, with some interesting viewpoints. There's a couple of things that will certainly endear him or have endeared him at the support base in recent times, and it's some of his quotes, at least of all the ones from yesterday. <laughs> so Celtic obviously didn't get an early VAR penalty decision after a bad went down, but James, it was because, of course, he was offside. So Brendan Rodgers says, quote-unquote, I think the frustrating one was the penalty one that was looked at. It shouldn't be looked at. It's offside. If it's offside, then the penalty doesn't even matter. Pause for effect. As we know. <laughs> and clearly, Muff, it was a, a nod towards Rangers and the big issue that they were complaining about uh, from the game on the 30th of December. And people can talk about Rogers making these comments and, ah, I don't want my manager doing that. It's exactly what I want my manager doing. I thought he played that perfectly yesterday. Well, it's, I think it's exactly um, what Brendan kind of needs to do to get everybody back on side. Same as uh, driving down the London Road with the, <laughs> the hand out the... Going to help the fans the, back the, in the, the stands the and all discovery that. Discovery and all that. Aye, aye, aye. So... Um, Personal branding, I think they call it. Aye, 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 aye. Um, no, I, I must admit that was that was pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> James, we've got a good mate. I won't mention him here in case I uh, blow his cover. But he said that he's been firmly against Rogers from the start. He's been quite outspoken, like like you, Miffy's in a similar position. 
but he messaged us earlier on saying that he's now found himself in a position where he's A, defending Brendan Rodgers' team selection and then revelling in his post-match interviews. He's really looking forward to it. Is that just what Brendan Rodgers does to you? Does he eventually get you? Uh, he's a charming man. You know, that's that's part of his, uh, his, his makeup. So, yeah, it's, we were saying earlier on, it was like, it's like the Stone Roses. You wouldn't fall in, fall in love with me immediately, but it's inevitable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, Joe, there's another quote. I might as well do this at the same time. So after beating Rangers uh, 2-1, New Year Derby on the 30th, he said, over my two spells here, I've worked against five Rangers managers and every time Rangers were coming, every time at some point. So for me, it's normal. If I listen to the media and press, then we'd be in a constant crisis mode and in constant fear of Rangers. And I just think that's... That's on point. He's reading the room. He knows it's well received, but he's also not telling any stories there. He's, he's bang on with what he's saying. I think what I like about it is that he's not coming across that he's trying too hard to appeal to the fans. And I think that maybe there's been an issue in the past. Uh, uh, there's an issue, by the way, that he left that, like, Miff, uh, who is one of many that probably aren't a big fan of him just now. And there's in some way there needs to be he needs to build a bridge between the fans again. I think he can I don't think he's trying too hard to be that way. I think he is genuinely aware of what's going on and he's aware of why the fans would sometimes be frustrated or, you know, why, you know, he's sort of tapping into the way that they think. And I love it. I love it. The same way the same way Ange was. But Ange was just doing it the way he was. Ange was just being normal. Um, I, I said recently just talking about something Rogers had said I can't remember if it was talking about some individuals or whatever but every time he, he sits in front of the press he knows that his every word will be reported back on and I think he just uses it quite smartly you know it's, it's an opportunity to get messages across to, to supporters on some occasions to players on other occasions to board members and recruitment teams and I just think every time he's given airtime he uses it wisely you know with yesterday after the Bucky Thistle game being the most recent example. And I don't know how planned a comment like that was, but he's seen an opportunity and he used it well. And I'm not saying that's the that's the key to him winning round supporters, whether it's yourself or others, but it doesn't do any harm, does it? No, he's a savvy guy. Um, and and that's very apparent. I, th I think probably the, the best part of him being back was his book being resurrected in the Christmas advert. I thought that was yeah. that was a particularly <laughs> good touch. That was, that was a good touch. I think his comment also was... Somewhat towards he's talking to the press there, mm -hmm. and it's the press that kept the the fire under yep. that for yep. for no reason for a good 10 12 days. So he's kind of saying, I see you as well, yeah. you know, keeping that going. Just to back that up, I think that's where the comment about Rangers constantly coming comes from as well. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's it's much the fact that it's the press who, yeah, continually pander. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's talking to those individuals who yeah. are sitting right, in yeah, front that, of them that's, in the that's I, th I think it's as much to do with that as, as much as him. Um, when you look at somebody like Ange, he was just so direct that he made the journalist uncomfortable because he would call it a stupid question or he would just get over it. Whereas with Rogers, I think this is Rogers' version too, letting the press know that, you know, I, see I can you. see you. He's been there before though. And that's, that's yeah. the thing, that's, that's the beauty of him being in the job before. that He has been here. And yeah. remember, I mean, remember when he came in at first? I mean, Hugh Keevans was saying Rangers were going to win the league. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, that's what he was having to put up with. From, so from promotion. Asked. Exactly. And you know, focal, focal debate this statement. I think he's an elite manager. There's, there's folk that have come into our comments, Twitter and YouTube and stuff, and argued against that, and that's fine. That's that's all good. I think he is at least top level, you know, to use that term. But I think he is elite. I think he's he's not in the, you know, the, the Guardiolas and stuff like that. He's not in that world. But he's not too far down. He's a couple of levels down, but he's, he's a top, top manager. And he's potentially as good as a, 
a club like Celtic could expect to get. And I just think he's, he just carries himself well. You know, a, a lot of folk still haven't bought back in after how he exited. But I just think, you know, to, to re-stress, he's using these opportunities PR-wise to run around fans, players, colleagues, board members and press who are sitting in front of him. But to Joe's point, he's been knocked f since he came in the door at Celtic. From day one, people have doubted him and he's continued to defy. I mean, yesterday's a good example. He's never lost a game in the Scottish Cup. He's played 13, he's won 13. It's pretty impressive and quotes are all good, Miff, but you've got to back up in the park. And for the most part, as Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers has done that. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, and it, it's obviously different circumstances now that he's back. The, the nature of his exit meant that this season was always got to be intriguing. I just felt at the start of the season it was a bit off, but that was probably me and um, how I personally felt, not only at Rodgers returning, but also at Angel even as well, yeah. you know. Double whammy. But when when you look back and you, and you think, hey, what a great day the treble winning day was, you also kind of knew something was going to happen and you had it in the back of your mind and it just created that uncertainty as to the, the, the season to come. But Rodgers coming back did bring that stability. The early season form was, was pretty good. I think the European run culminated in the squad being weak and then the post-Europe results not being great have what is what's led us to be in that position where we're starting to look back at things and go, well, bit of blame on the board, bit of blame on Rodgers. Some of the decisions that were made, you know, subs at the Hearts game, Bernabeu came on, we're chasing a goal, things, things of that nature don't look great. But if the squad's not there, you can argue, manager's not been back, Asian Cup coming. Have, have we covered for that? I would say no. But there's still a week left in the window. I think if we sign two, three players, get a few out, we'll be in a strong position. Um, the emergency of Bernardo, you know, if you look at individual players, have certain individual players got better? I, I would say yes. Some may, maybe haven't kicked on as we would have hoped. Changing systems maybe affected that. But if you look at, I don't know, if you look at Scales, O'Reilly, yep. McGregor, Bernardo, Bernardo Welsh, you know, Welsh, Welsh. Maeda, you know, individual players have, have all increased um, their, their kind of output. So, listen, we know Rogers is a good coach. And I do concede... Elite coach. Good. Um, that for a club like Celtic, based on who was available, I think there was a guy come on as well, the boy used to manage Monaco. Um, no. But I think, he, I think he was as good as we could have got in, in, in the summer. But I, as I said before, I am a bitter lover. <laughs> and, uh, and the fact that I've been spurned, <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll, take it, I'll take a bit. It'll take a bit. You will remain spurned for a while. Just yet. give me the time. Give me a bit of time. Um, James, just as we start kind of round this this bit of the chat up, um, you can't discount the fact that taking over from Ange, huge personality, elite manager, oh. genuinely elite manager, very hard to do. So he's taken over a, a treble winning side. So the, the only way is down almost, isn't it? It's, you know, unless you repeat the treble, you're you're on the plums kind of thing. Albeit we know the league's the most important thing. Um, but he's following on a treble. He's not been back in the summer. He's had injuries to key players. And I think he's navigated that pretty well. His record against Rangers, which he's obviously backed up with two wins this season, has played 15. He's won 12, drawn two and lost just one, which is just an incredible record. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, for all the noise off the park, it comes down to results. And I think his results stack up. I think that's just the bottom line. Europe not great. And we can look at that next year. But in terms of the here and now and, and what he's inherited, I think it's a, a pass mark and then some. I mean, I'm, I'm long on record as saying I didn't take my three-match package for Europe because of what 
the recruitment team didn't do in the summer. It was inevitable, you know. We were, I think we did well to get as many points as we did, given how poor the recruitment team were. So I've kind of got to give Rodgers a pass for that because what you know, see when you're going from what we play every week to get into Europe, the, the jump is so vast. And if you're not going to beef up your squad for that level, or at least try and bridge the gap, like I say, in, inevitable. The big ones for me were the, the two Rangers games so far. He was written off in the first one because we weren't ready and blah, blah, blah. Completely and this written stuff. off Total by everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on the second one, they were riding high and they're you know going to do this, that, and the next thing, it's going to be a cricket score and blah, blah, blah. And the rubber hit the road and Roger showed them exactly what he's made of. You'll do and, nothing, he said. Uh, <laughs> up, ah. the, up the road. Um, and that's why... They went on for 10 days about absolutely, you know, a nothing decision. Yeah, because, straws. because reality smacked them in the face. And that, that's just it. So Rogers gave them that reality check. So take, taking that is just part of it. I'm delighted with what he's doing. Yeah, I've got to be. Last question then. Um, general question to all three of you. So he signed in a three-year deal and he says, what, what's the chat unless I'm emptied? He, I'll, he, I'll he told me it. to my face. Ah, that's right, you were there. <laughs> so he told James specifically that he's going to be here for three years, so <laughs> let's see how that goes. Miff certainly has his doubts on that. Um, but what's the target <laughs> I, now? I was anyway. laughing at the, the still game. One, um, and it cut to Winston, uh, member Steve at the bookie. Like, you were going to do that again, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of paused when he says, well, you'll just need to wait and see that I'm uh, 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 still here at the end. It cuts to Winston, cuts to Winston. You were going to do that again, weren't you? <laughs> so all going well. He will remain here for three years. So time will tell on that one. But the question is to you lads, what's the target now? So in the immediate term, winning the league, absolutely. And the, the qualification for the Champions League that comes with that. So, so important this time around. But then what? So that's a shorter term goal. I'll come to you first, Joe. What's what's medium term for Brendan Rodgers? What does he need to achieve within that three years if he stays for that? I think amongst fans, it's, gonna, it's quite cloudy just now because Europe's changing in terms of the format. I mean... It's not as simple as just saying off oh, it, we'll finish third in the group because it doesn't work like that anymore. Mm. Um, I think it's a combination of, depends what we get in Europe. If we're looking at it on paper, how many points are we going to get? Again, it's eight different teams you play as well now. Yeah. So, it's, but win the league, win the cup. Try and hold on to your best players for another season because you want to have some way of building on. Uh, your squad there needs to be some sign of progression mm-hmm. if we're starting from scratch again like we are this year we were in the summer like with Jota leaving you know there's no there's no sign of no yeah. real measure if you lose Matt O'Reilly and Carter Vickers for example and there's chat about those two it leaves you behind well, the curve one. so yeah. I think I think there needs to be, that's really key for Rodgers in terms of making his squad better um, and then yeah it's just about winning the league after that and Europe as I say it's just it's a really hard so I, to understand exactly what a target is for Europe because we've never actually been in that position before. Yeah, that, this new format is it's going to be really interesting and I think really exciting. As Joe mentions there, you play eight games against eight different teams, four at home, four away, but it's not the same team that you play home and away. That in itself will bring a an interest and, in, you know, this is Touchwood that we, we make it, of course, but interesting to see who we, we match up against. There'll be teams that we've not faced before and there's a bit of variety in there and I think that in itself could be quite exciting. But from Joe's point of view, it's... It's the unknown, you know. What so? What's the target used to be? Finish third and maybe try and finish second and, and squeeze in. What now? If you've potentially got eight games, how do you gauge progress on that basis? I, I think it's quite simple based on the draws that have been served up in in Europe at Champions League level. Um, going back a fair number of years, 
I think it's just going back to basics and winning games at Celtic Park, winning yeah. Champions League yeah. games at Make Celtic Park. I, th I think yeah. that's a, a short or a medium term target that when we return to or we go back into the Champions League or into the new format of the Champions League, we should be looking to win at least two of those four home games, for example, because we haven't been getting that. Now, if you end the campaign and you've won two out of eight games and you've managed to pick up some points elsewhere, based on what's been happening before, that is progress. Mm. So I don't think we can go from barely winning a game at home for how, however many years. I know, obviously, the Farnham game, we've, we've done that. But to not consistent, consistently be not winning games, if we can go back where we're regularly beating, taking good scalps at home, and that's then giving us a chance when we go to the away games that if you can pick something up, mm -hmm. you can maybe get close to doing something, getting out of groups, etc., qualifying for the next round. So, you know, but the margins are so small. We've seen that very close to a decent result against Lazio, which would have probably put us psychologically in a different position in the group after that all kind of went downhill. It just makes such a difference if you can make those home games count. So for me, that would be the target that I would be focusing on, that's how I'll be judging it. Um, and and I, I sincerely hope we were able to do something because we've went so long, you know, we certainly myself, James, Tino, obviously Joe, absolutely kills me how, how young we are. <laughs> but for us, we do remember a up. time when <laughs> when a team, a team of players, maybe, you know, not carrying the same level of quality throughout the squad as we've got just now, we're, we're beaten teams at Celtic Park and you know AC Milan etc so there, there's no reason why we can't put together a decent enough squad that can hope to achieve that now since then has the gulf got bigger between those at the top table and us possibly yeah. but James made an excellent point we, we do have the capability if we wish to spend to for one season roll the dice because let's be honest if you roll the dice and get the quality in beforehand you've always got to be able to sell, sell them on What's roll the, the dice get decent players in and give yourself yeah. the chance if you keep doing what you've done, you'll always get what you get, kind of thing. Sort of get what you got, past tense. Mixed all that up, but you know what I'm saying, James. Um, Eloquent. And we just. We so, just so I need money or intros. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Murph. We just need to try something different because what we've been doing for the last, at least the last decade, hasn't been working and there needs to be change. I'll come to James for his final comments. Was there something you wanted to chip well, in with, Joe? What I was going to say about in Europe as well, I think the difference this landscape now is that A, there's no sort of fallback to Europa League you're either in the Champions League or you're out of Europe. So that also makes things so much more difficult in terms of setting targets yeah. because you're either making it, you're not making it. Secondly, I think given there's so many games and qualification is hard, I think it's the top eight qualify for the last 16 and then the next 16 teams play a playoff yeah. to fill the remainder of the last 16. Yeah. Every game for a big team is now a must-win. So you think if we're playing this four-team group format, I mean... Let's face it, if Man City have got us at home in the last game in their group, they're not really going to bother. Now they're wanting to finish as high up on that table as possible. So it's going to become a lot harder. As I say, it's a lot harder to get objectives, but it's it's a much harder route into getting into European football after Christmas. Yeah. James, your final comments. So we've kind of gone a wee bit off piece more into the European stuff, but your final comments on Brendan Rodgers, seven months on. Hey, just the, the one thing I would say about the Stick with European for a second is we need to grow up as a club and as a company. As for no, that'll never happen. That's that's a that ship has sailed. Um, but you know we're still sitting here going, you know, let's try something different. What by buying players that can win you games? 
that's that's crackers. Mm. We need to grow up in that regard. Spend the money you've got. You run the business well. We know that. But then also longer term, I think we need really need to look at what is going on at the youth setup. If it is going to be so important for the homegrown talent as, as part of the new format and stuff, what is going on that players are coming through in such small numbers and with massive gaps between their, their breakthroughs. So, And I think Rogers will be interested in that. He's always enjoyed working with youth and, and bringing them through. And we will get to that in detail, so we've got a listener's question concerning right. that area, so we'll get to that. Um, but as for Rogers himself, yeah, it's just about, you know, to my point, back him and you'll see what you can do. Simple as that. Yeah, I think so. So it's a debate that will rumble on, Muff, but I think you know some of the, the recent results, recent performances, and some of the recent quotes, to be fair, well, I've got a number of guys back on side, but he's not fully there. So let's see what happens between now and the end of the season. We'll take a quick break, and when we return, Joe will be giving us this week's Mystery Cell. Welcome back, folks. It's now time for this week's Mystery Cell, which is brought by Joe. But hold on, Joe. I see you're poised. Um, before we do, we'll take a quick look at last week's mystery set, which was provided by James. Muff, did you get this one last week? No, I did spoon feed you with the yeah, extra clues. Right. The answer uh, to that is, yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you a quick reminder oh, of the clues. So I played for four teams out with Celtic, including FC Twente and Rapid Vienna. Clue number two, I was capped 19 times for my country. He did give us a couple of bonus clues, James, and I'll use one of them because uh, it was a really good clue. I've scored at least two of your favourite Celtic goals in the last 16 years. Do you want to tell us the goals and then we'll get the answer? Uh, the last minute against Rangers. Uh, 2008. Yeah. Um, Ivan Heather. And then the, the United Dundee won the league. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the answer, of course, comment. was Jan Venegar of Hesslink. Muff, your quick thoughts and comments on the former Celtic striker. Love them. Yeah. Absolutely love them. Great. Genuine. One of those rare times when we needed a striker in the but a really good striker. Um, it's a mad, mad concept, isn't um, it? Mm. And has turn of Rio Ferdinand and finish at Old Trafford remains one oh, of my favourite yeah. of our Celtic goals yeah. absolute Peach. quality Yeah, and obviously scored that header against Dundee United that won the title for Tommy 2008 Joe have you any memories of Jan Vinegar before we get your no, own man, back, back in the day when I couldn't get Carlin in my Celtic top sponsor it was the wee guy yeah. Celtic tops I was never going to ask my dad to get that my for dad, my name in the back that my dad told me about Jan Vinegar <laughs> uh, my great, my great <laughs> uncle used no, to talk I about remember, him I remember I remember Vinegar at Hesling to be fair he was always a as I say I mean 50 quid to get him in the back of your top and I was, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> Okay, Joe, we'll kick on with this week's mystery cell. You know the deal, three clues, and we'll try and name the former player. What have you got? So, I was capped twice for my country, both in qualifying matches. Okay, <laughs> nothing here. <laughs> nothing. It's like in a catchphrase where they, they reveal the square in the top right. <laughs> You're just getting nothing there. What's, what's Mr. Chips doing, Miff? Uh, next so, one, Joe. I have played in France, Tunisia, Spain, Portugal, Japan, and Scotland. One of these nations I represented at international level. Jeez, well, hold on a minute. France, France Tunisia, Spain, Portugal, Japan, Scotland. and Scotland. Tino's doing his work. Right. Okay. No idea. <laughs> so I far. told you it was going to be hard. The fact that he's got two caps as qualifiers is tough. Anything? Jumping out. Matthew, blank expression as always. Yeah. Mark Rosas is the first person I spoke. Next one, Joe. Next clip. Final clip. I was signed by Neil Lennon in 2012 and scored three goals in total for Celtic. Larry and Guemo, no. Josh Hoyfield. I have no idea. No. I told you it was going to be a hard one, I told you. This is a no-get one. I'm looking for hard but achievable. <laughs> <laughs> for, for us, if not for the, the people at home. Bunch of dead air. Scored three goals for Celtic, I thought. Three goals? Three That's goals. not a lot. I've nothing at all. My it's only three more than me. Anything at all from you? Yeah, from Paris. 
No, no like this is one of the team in Noma. Yeah. Any okay. bonus clues in there, Joe? No, no if you haven't got it, <laughs> make it easy. So what we'll do, we'll, we'll get the answer at the end of the show. How do you want to develop now? I think it's got bleeped out. We'll get it bleeped out, just tell us because we're in agony here. Uh, oh, we, we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody's getting that. As always, what we'll do, we'll <laughs> no, post the close. You never know, maybe Chuchin is it? Mm. We'll post the close on social media and we'll reveal the answer in next week's show. Remember, if you want to set the mystery cell for a future episode, just get in touch via Twitter and you could be the one providing the clues next time around. Final section this week is the listener's question, as always, and this week's question comes from Michael Murphy via Twitter, so we'll play that just now. Time to give the young players some opportunities and have young frame as Taylor's backup, for example. It's really the only way we'll know if we can make it at the club. That comes with risk. However, if we as fans want to see the next McGregor, KT, then I believe it's a risk we must take. So in short, is it time to give our academy players opportunities in the first team? Obviously yesterday, James, we've seen Rocco Vata and Daniel Kelly made his debut, so they get minutes against Bucky Thistle. All good there. Rocco Vata gets his goal. Mitchell Frame, who we've spoken about in recent shows, he got a cameo against Feyenoord, albeit a dead rubber, but that's a, a big game for a young 17-year-old to step into. Um, and five academy players actually finished the game V-Bucky, so it was Vata, Kelly, Stephen Welsh, Mikey Johnson, Tony Ralston. But what's your initial response to Michael's question? I, I mean, yes is the is the straight answer. Yes, we do need to see youth, but it's all about balance. You know, Paddy's long on record saying that it's really difficult at Celtic because you've got to win every game. There's no, you know, give the youngsters a chance and we'll see how they get on and they'll learn from a you know, draw or a defeat. That, that's just, it's not possible for Celtic. So we need to win the games first and foremost. But we do need to get these guys game time, I agree. And I thought yesterday was a perfect example of it. Get the game secured, give the boys some, some game time. Mitchell Frame, probably something similar. Um, albeit we were still, both teams were still pushing to win that game and he was involved in the goal, so great. Kind of surprised that he's, you know, Disappeared a wee bit since then. I thought he would have played yesterday. There's a suggestion he might be injured. Someone else was looking into it and he, he might be unavailable, which would explain a lot because I think yeah. common sense would have seen him play just given the lack of opportunities at left back. I, I thought we'd have seen him simply because there's every chance we're not going to sign another left back in the window. We need to know if we've got one in, in Mitchell frame. So so I, I think if you look at those those three players, to Joe's point, that situation's a wee bit different. There's a lot of politics going on there and you know pushing and pulling and stuff like that. So... If you just maybe look at Kelly and Frame and guys like getting their minutes, that's how it's got to be. And then if you perform within those minutes and you're performing in training, you're maybe going to get yourself ahead of, we'll say it's Taylor or Kyogo or whoever kind of thing, you're, you're, you're going to get rewarded. And Rodgers has long shown that he rewards players that perform both on their games and their training. Yeah, he does. Miff, I'll, I'll take your initial response. My apologies, it was from Martin Murphy. I've, I've said it's Mick Murphy. I don't know who Mick Murphy is, but he's not asked us any questions this week, but Martin Murphy has submitted this one. So your initial response to Martin's question? Um, my initial response is that, yeah, yes, like James says, we should be given more of an opportunity to our academy products. The reason being is that if you don't catch the academy product at the right time, they can often then dwindle. What I mean by that is, if a player goes through Celtic's academy and gets to the point where they are training with the first team, they must have shown that they have the requisite ability to, to do so. Yep. It then possibly might come down to mindset, training, how well they're looking after them, themselves and all those things. Because we know the scourge of being young in Scotland often means that you'll get derailed and maybe have other interests outside of football that don't go hand in hand with being a professional footballer or an elite athlete. Opportunity is the key thing 
because I've been involved in grassroots football myself. What I do see is loads of prodigiously talented, you know, kids, boys playing football, and there's levels within levels, even at the top level. And I know you guys are involved in football as well, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, many times you've played with somebody that you've heard of, maybe played with Stenhouse Muir and, you know, maybe lower league teams, and then you see them at training, and they're absolutely un unbelievable. These kids have come through a absolutely hellish journey just to be kept on mm -hmm. through under 16s, 17s, 18s and 21s football. It's cutthroat. Right? Mm -hmm. So they're there. They've, they've actually won such a huge battle and being there, they're in the, the 1% or 2% that will make it from the start of the initial intake that they had into football. But if you don't get presented with an opportunity and you're maybe 19 years old and you're thinking, right, I could sign another contract here, but ultimately I'm not going to play any football. And then you go and you move to, and I mean this with the greatest of respect, a Reether or Fairmont or whoever, where you don't have the surroundings that you had when you were at Celtic Park, when you were at Lennox Town, when you were at Barfield or whatever. It can be disheartening. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like you've not made it. And all that effort you've put in, it turns you away. Very, very few kids actually bounce down and go back up. You know, there's a story Andy Robertson and, and fair play to him because he... He used that as his fuel to go back up. But I'd say it's far more common. A lot more kids do drop down and then stay at a level well below of where they were at Celtic. The one that sticks out to me is Marcus Fraser, who was very unlucky. Exactly. Very unlucky well, with yeah. any injury. Very unlucky with any injury. He got into the first team. It was excellent. A European game, a Europa League home game, I think it was against Rennes. It was excellent. And then he got a really bad knee injury after that. And Lennon had been using him. And then he just, when he came back for the injury, you know, that opportunity, he's given his opportunity. Injury happens. And then he's went on to have a stellar career. You know, he was a stalwart for Ross County. He's now playing with St Martin and still remains a, a very good SPL defender. You know, guys like guys like Forrest, guys like Ralston. I mean, Ralston, we would have written off until Ange got back. I, I think he would, he would have been in his way out the door. But guys like Ralston, guys like Forrest, guys like McGregor have shown they've been given opportunity, you know, and you even think back to McGregor going out and loan at Notts County. Another key thing, you know... I, getting the right loan move to showcase your talents to then come back. Christopher Ayer, I know he was purchased, but mm. he was purchased at 16. He was sent out on loan at Kilmarnock, come back in. So, so there's probably better ways in which we can manage these youngsters to give them that opportunity and the opportunity to happen at the right time. Just now, for whatever reason, there's a huge disconnect between players getting to a certain level within the academy and then getting the right opportunity at the right time within the first team to show that they can then be part of the squad. Very rarely are we even getting players sticking about and being part of the squad for a couple of seasons. They're, they're, they're kind of getting into the squad, maybe making one, two appearances and then gone. Yeah. Can you truly say those kids have been given a proper opportunity? I take the point that they need to win games, but in how many seasons at the past, you know, take away the, the COVID season, has it really been that tight towards the end of the season we couldn't have done that? Mm -hmm. It's not. So, so for me... There's a disconnect between us allowing these kids to showcase their talents, to show that they maybe merit staying on to be part of a squad for a couple of years and what's happening currently. The, the biggest factor, and you used the word several times, Miff, is opportunity. There's only so much you can do in training. There's only so much you can do playing for a B team in the Lowland League. You need to be given a chance. And at that point, you can say good enough or not. How many guys even have Celtic signed to the first team? Forget youth for a second. First team players Celtic have signed in various windows. And you've barely even seen them to make a judgment. You know, guys that have come in, I think guys like Patrick Clamalla and, and others like that, you've seen a few appearances, but not enough really, and then they go. Paolo Bernardo's a decent example. If if he hadn't sprung to life in the last three, four games there, he 
he could have gone back to Benfica this window and you would never have missed him. But you get the you get the chance to play and at that point you can prove yourself or not. You know, these guys will will you know put in minutes and you can then make a fair judgment and say, Do you know what, he's actually capable or he's surprised me or he's impressed me in different ways. But if you don't get that opportunity, Muff, and yes, you need a huge slice of luck, you need to stay injury free, you need the various things to go for you in terms of, you know, the, the coaches that are around you. But ultimately, Joe, without opportunity, none of these kids can prove themselves. So when is the right time for Daniel Kelly, Rocco Vata, Mitchell Frame and, and anyone else you care to mention? Well, on Muff's point, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play here that we do need to win every week. Right, if you're going to, uh, as to Miff's example, but Dunfermline or Wraith Rovers, there is less pressure because they've got less money to spend, there's less expectation that they need to win the league or they need to finish in a certain position that they don't need to look elsewhere. Celtics, I, I think it's bigger than just opportunity. I honestly don't think the players are producing good enough. Uh, we're not producing them in enough volume. How many players have you seen really from Celtic that were tipped to be the next big thing and have went on to be bigger than Celtic. I've produced a striker since Mark Burchill. So <laughs> and before that it's Jerry Craney. Yeah. So if you think if you think of all the guys that have been tipped to be the next big thing, we've had Islam for us. Caramoco Dembele Dembele, who is you know he's doing okay. He's not above Celtic's level. No. He's not as if it's not as if he's went on and like set here like Ben Doak is probably one of the few he might he might be. Mikey as well. Mikey Mike was Mikey was Hugely touted So you think it's a quality thing Joe Not enough good players coming through I think I think there comes a point We need to look at that Because I mean As much as the guys That have produced I mean There's obviously There's a lot of luck involved As you say All it takes is for The guy in front of you To be injured And then that's I mean I'd imagine at 16, 17's level They probably carry two In every position mm -hmm. That's A lot of your luck Is going to have to Based in You know how fit the guy is In front of you so it's, there's, I think that's a quality thing. There's Absolutely. quite a lot of sliding doors moments across these young careers in terms of if the guy in your position happens to get injured. You know, Rocco has played there yesterday because Celtic haven't signed enough strikers is the bottom line and he's been given an opportunity then. I've not seen enough of Rocco Vata to say he's good enough or not, but the, the argument may be the fact that if he was really good, if, as it's going to sound really harsh, Daniel Kelly, Mitchell Frame, Ben Summers, all these kids that are around, if they were really, really good, they might have got more minutes. So, Brendan Rodgers, to Joe's point, just quickly enough, Brendan Rodgers, you just have to win every game at Celtic. It's the bottom line. League Cup, Champions League, League, whatever it might be. There's very few opportunities. Yesterday against Bucky was one of them, but there's very few opportunities where you can risk losing points because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You imagine you rest your top striker, you play this kid and you get anything but a win. You're in trouble. Absolutely. Um, you know, as far as that is concerned, a lad if Craig Nook wearing short sleeve t shirt and stretch gloves. I've not seen that combo. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking at him yesterday, he's doing all the right things in terms he's of movement. He's at the gym. Term, terms of he's, he's all, put, put muscle on. All, the, all the right things in terms of movement that you'd want off a striker. A couple of times yesterday, actually, the, the, the rarely spotted Celtic striker getting ahead on a corner. Um, he was quite close to doing a couple of times as well. So, I think in, in, in someone like Vata this is, See this is the thing we, we as fans can be quite snobby about that as well You know we've just spoken about the, the squad not being strengthened But then that does present its chance To somebody like Rocco Vata If he goes on there He scored yesterday And then if the same thing happens in maybe a league game If he does the same against County Brilliant that's great Then it starts to build to Right okay we've got something here that we can work with and He starts to get more game time More minutes Still doesn't absolve the fact that we do need a, another striker in To, to support him and, and Kyogo Circumstances like this do present that opportunity. You, you think back to somebody like Tony Watt, 
come on at Fir Park, scored a couple of goals. Great, that you know, you've took your chance, right? You're in the squad for the next game. Then oh, you start a few games, and then that ended up rolling on in to 2012 when he, he scored that goal against Barcelona. So, for for those kids being presented with the opportunity is the main thing. You know, Mitchell Frame, you would argue he took his opportunity when he yeah. was given it against Farnwood. However, he's not been seen since. I also think as well, though, and again, I'm looking at football from a wider sense, and I'll bring back transfers again, right? But we don't produce as many players as much, even as your elite clubs. I mean, Real Madrid are still bringing guys through. Barcelona bringing guys through. Man United are playing youth players in their team. Now, I think the financial fair play thing comes into it a lot here because we sign players for two million and we sell them for at best at very best 30 but we're making a massive profit on it we can afford to go out and spend continue that model because we're working within our regulations if you look at Man United Man United could probably make a loss so there comes a point when it comes to January we're thinking do you know what we can't go and spend 100 million and somebody gets injured that's what's happening in fairness Man United are absolutely honking they are all over the place but do you know bizarrely Man U huge club they can also lose a few league games and it doesn't matter. You know, it's not right, expected. They they can now because because they're in this weird weird world where top four is success, whereas Celtic is top one or bust. That's the thing. That's what I'll, what I'll do. I'm trying to keep it quite tight time wise on this section, but to put the kind of question to you is quite pointed. I'll come to you first, James. What can Celtic do to well, prevent this lack of game time, or or more positively, to prevent present further opportunity or pathways for these kids? I, I think, Joe, you know, made a really good point that. The level needs to be better. They're, I mean, I, I'd, I'd make an argument that potentially the level between Vata yesterday and his movement and the, what we see from O, I don't know if it's that big a gap. So, you know, we need a, a better body of evidence to judge yeah, on. Bigger sample required, but yeah. But, you know, there's he's only going to get it if he gets his chance. So I can, I, I, I would probably stick to my initial point that it's it's the balance of things. It's get the game secured um, and start to give guys minutes. And when they perform and show they can be relied upon, then they can get to start games and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's the only way. It's too yeah. risky otherwise. We don't have enough time to cover Tom English's snide wee tweet. I would do. Out. Aye, okay, well, let's do it. Um, he was basically be- bemoaning the fact, or, or trying to be a wee bit snarky about the fact that Celtic, quote-unquote, had no young homegrown players starting for Celtic today. That's fine. It's it's factually was correct, but he then failed to mention that five academy players finished the game. You know, he doesn't come back out and tweet about that. So that's just a journal looking for an angle and looking to play that game. But just to round off this section, though, same question. You know, what can be done to provide further opportunity for these kids? Play them, but when? Whenever you can. Whenever you feel, you know, if if they've made it, that that's my point about them making to that. They've made it to that level for a reason. Mm. They must. They must. Must it's, be entrusted. So with, with minutes at some point because if you don't, mm-hmm. then never never you, you'll never you'll never know. It's I, I I completely accept the point about quality, but a lot of kids have left the door with zero opportunity based on possibly an academy coach's view on them and not the manager of the football clubs. How, how, but that, that's how, the that's the nature of modern day football, and I get that and understand it. But surely then, the the key to that is then creating opportunity. How you do it, I don't know. But that, that's the key for me. How many players you know, have you produced over the last, say, even 10 years? Hundreds, right? H- how many can you point to and say that's the one that got away? Ben Doak, is that it? I think Ben Doak might be the outlier there. Let's look yeah. at the, just take the last decade, just in mm. isolation. There's nobody that's that's got away. You've thought, geez, we could have done with having him back. Potential the boy 
boy that's Wigan and loan behind me, the boy Morris in the centre half. Yeah, Morris, but you wouldn't know, you I know. I think he's, well, I think he's still, he's he's still the same team as Jordan Jones. Aye, but he's still, he's still oh, regarded. What I'm saying is he's still ah. regarded as somebody that's got potential. He's, he's not reached yeah. his ceiling yet. Yeah, we'll need to see. But listen, it's a, it's a great question from Martin. It's actually yeah. one we, we could, and maybe we'll spend a, a, a special episode on, episode on at some point in the near future because there's so many different factions and different kind of areas to cover in terms of, you know, what the solution might be for these kids but great question from Martin thanks to him for sending that in if you want to send your question in for discussion on next week's show then you can do so in one of a few ways firstly you could send us a DM on Twitter at Celt Exchange secondly leave a voice clip by clicking the icon on the bottom right of any page of our website at theceltichexchange.com and finally email me directly on tino at theceltichexchange.com lads time has run away from us as it always does so I'll come to you now for your final comments James I'll start with you you're really good um way to get back to the swing of things yesterday and that just sets us up for Ross County so it's really important week we've got you know no midweek game our rivals do so it's interesting to see what happens with the, the high B's and then we go into Ross County for the weekend and keep the ball rolling Is Quan playing anywhere this week? You love Quan didn't uh, you? Keen to yeah. see Apparently yeah. play, play well Man of the match on Saturday for St Mirren Love that content. content Oh Content Oh, oh dear oh dear <laughs> the youth is provided again uh, Joe your own final comments Um. Just to James' point, delighted. Not even just at the one that just did its back. I can't be bothered with the winter break. It's just always about the winter break next year. Yes, oh, I've seen that. I've seen, seen that. that. Um, so I, I've I've got my Celtic back, which I'm delighted about. But yeah, big game next week. Back to proper business, and you know, hopefully there'll be a wee a wee result on Wednesday night that'll go our way. But you know, it's all about Celtic. Um, and you know, we'll see what. We'll see you at the next few weeks, Frank. Yeah, really important game against Ross County. That's Saturday, three o'clock kickoff at Celtic Park. Quantent, Muff. I love it. I wish I could claim it as mine, but I can't. Filthy Quantent. Uh, Muff, final word goes to you. Yeah, well, County game's a big game just to keep that momentum going. Um, Derek Adams seems to be digging a massive hole for himself up there. And, Ridiculous. That's know, worth a show. Aye. Um, Derek Adams. Aye. Happy, happy just to let him continue doing that because that'll probably work to our benefit um, when, when we play them at the weekend. So, um, like the lad said, Brilliant that Celtic are back. Um, feels like there is a bit of positive momentum building. A couple of required signings would only add to that, I feel. So let's hope the board and the recruitment team do do their bit to help the manager and the squad who have worked very, very hard to give us the lead that we've got this season. Yeah, and didn't want to spend too much, if, if any, time dwelling on the transfer stuff just now. There's very little to report on since last week in the, the chat about Nicholas Kuhn, but we'll certainly pick it all up next week when we, when we reach that deadline. Of course, you can just... Uh, your manager, quick phone if you need to know anything. So, are we going to for us, Anthony? Anthony, we'll do an Anthony Joseph. Special. Are we going, aye, aye, are aye, we going to do a first of February yep, yep. morning you, here on fire session? Correct. You've got, you've got spears you can get a phone as well. Me and Joe just need to check well. Correct. So that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James, Joe, and Muff for joining me, and our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back later in the week with the countdown to kick off ahead of Saturday's game against Ross County at Celtic Park. But in the meantime, as always, thanks for supporting the Celtic Exchange, and we'll see you again very soon.
Social Podcast Network.